0: When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon, Welcome Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Cur- Herbstreet is on the Sadie. phone. Oh, the podcast is to Super American. sports podcast presented yeah. oh, by Best so sports book. So it is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. We got ourselves today, how about this, a little bit of a fast-paced, quicker, bonus episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, okay? We're not going to talk very much brackets today. We're not going to talk brackets at all. Monday, we did the bracket breakdown, kind of gave you my quick thoughts on all of the major bracket news and notes. Wednesday, I will make my official picks. Today is a quick, fast-paced show about the other odds and ends in college hoops. We will start coaching carousel. How about this? Chris Beard, he is officially back in the SEC. Three weeks after getting, three months after getting arrested, two weeks after getting fired to Texas, he is back. He is in the SEC at Ole Miss. We talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about how about this. Will Wade is back coaching college basketball. Got a job at a school called McNeese State. Uh, a couple other coaching carousel odds and ends. And then we're also going to talk about one other piece in College Hoops that needs to be discussed. Monday actually marked the opening of the transfer portal window in college basketball. Remember, we have portal windows now. Players can enter. Players can be contacted by schools. The portal actually opened on Monday. I'll give you some names that you need to know. All that good stuff. Before we get started on today's show, a couple quick announcements. One, it is March. Make sure to check out the Aaron Torres Online Merchandise Shop. All sorts of good stuff as we get you ready for March. We got our Mora Hurley UConn Tees, our Kentucky Revenge Tour Tees, our Mike Woodson, Mike Effin Woodson Tees, Big Pig Invasion Tees for you Hogs fans. So a lot of really good stuff. Make sure to check out the Aaron Torres Online Shop. But also, I told you yesterday, I told you last week, and I am going to tell you again. If you have not yet signed up for the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge, brought to you by Bracket Fanatics, third year in a row, what are you doing? Stop what you're doing, pause this show, click the link in the show description, and sign up for Bracket Fanatics now. Listen, by now you know the story. Bracket Fanatics, this is the third March Madness in a row that we've been working with them. We also did an NFL Pick'em Challenge, but they are a great sponsor. They are they have been great to us through the years and they are again representing our Aaron Torres Pod bracket challenge. All you got to do go to bracketfanatics.com. Click the tab join bracket and the bracket is named Aaron A A R O N. Go ahead and sign up for there. You're ready to go. You make your picks and you are automatically entered. How about this? To win $1000 in cash prizes. That is right. We have a $1000 prize pool courtesy of bracket phonetics here's the best part it is 100 free to enter Bracketphonetics.com. join bracket bracket named aaron a-a-r-o-n and here's the cool part if you actually signed up for your bracket last year the good news is you don't need to set up a new account use the same email log in make your picks you're good to go free to enter thousand dollar cash prize I'd also be remiss if I did not mention that Bracket Fanatics, in addition to hosting the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge, can host your Bracket Challenge as well. You can sign up, you can send an invite to your friends, and here is the cool part. You can do a free Bracket like me, but also, if you have a paid Bracket, Bracket Fanatics does all the work for you. They collect all the money. They distribute all the money. You don't have to go chasing everybody at all corners of the office. Doris from accounting, she never pays on time. What is her deal? You don't have to chase anybody down. Everybody pays on the website. Distributions are done on the website. You will not handle a single dollar. So go to BracketFanatics.com, sign up for your own bracket, and, of course, join the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge. Compete against me. Compete against other listeners of the show. Bracket named Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. Tell them Taurus sent you. It'll be fun. Compete against me. You have until Thursday at noon to sign up. Do not waste any more time. Go ahead and get in. Bracketfanatics.com. Again, bracket named Taurus. With that said, though, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, listen, this is going to be a theme throughout the next week or two. Because college hoops is kind of one of these weird sports where where most sports, NFL, NBA, whatever, the calendar is spread out. But everything in college hoops is going on right now. And so in addition to the bracket, there are the 68 teams that are in, but there are also a lot of teams that are currently looking for coaches and we're right in the middle of the college basketball coaching carousel right now. And on Monday, a story that we have talked about At length on this show, maybe more than any other topic in the coaching carousel world became official on Monday, Chris Beard, the former maligned, fired head coach of the University of Texas. We had we talked about when he got when he got uh, arrested in December. We talked about him when he got fired in January. We talked about him when charges were dropped a few weeks ago. And we talked about him when he was linked to Ole Miss about a week or so ago. Well, on Monday, he was officially hired by Ole Miss. And I got to tell you, you already know a lot of thoughts on this deal. And so listen, at this point, you don't need me to tell you what happened with Chris Beard and why he was let go at Texas. He was arrested in December, charged with two felonies, Those two felonies were eventually dropped, and at this point, there is nothing else for me to add. I've said many times I didn't think he was going to coach maybe ever again at the college level, let alone this soon, but the charges were dropped, and I'll readily admit, once the charges were dropped, I did think he was going to come back at some point. With that said, did I think he was going to come back this fast? Did I think he was going to come back two months after being fired by Texas? I didn't. I am still working off of a blueprint from about two, three, four years ago because two, three, four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if a college football or college basketball coach did something either really dumb in his personal life, like a Hugh Freeze, like a Bobby Petrino, if he did something that broke NCAA rules like a Rick Patino. If he did something even that broke the law, like Chris Beard was accused of doing before charges were dropped, usually it was a process to get back in. By the way, not, not not comparing what was in the police report with Chris Beard, with what happened with Bobby Petrino, with what happened with Hugh Freeze, everything is a little bit different. But in general, there had been kind of a blueprint for how you had to do it. You had to kind of disappear for a year. Then you had to do the apology tour. You had to do some interview with somebody that made you feel sympathetic. Then you took some crap low-level job, and then you worked your way back up, and four, five, six years later, you got the opportunity again. It's what even as recently as right now, Rick Patino had to do. No Power Five was offering Rick Pitino a job until he did his stint at Iona first. Hugh Freeze doesn't get the Auburn job if he doesn't rehab his image at Liberty. And so to be blunt, I am a little bit stunned that three months after an arrest, two months after he got fired at Texas, even with charges dropped, that Chris Beard was named the head coach at Ole Miss. But on the flip side, I'll also say this. I don't know that I'm really that surprised. One, on the one hand, these reports had come out about a week ago. That Ole Miss was interested in Chris Beard. They were vetting him. They were doing his background. And two, while I've said many times, I don't know if in this climate, at this moment, I would personally hire Chris Beard. I do think it's an interesting scenario for Ole Miss because I think there's a few things at play here. One, I think Ole Miss looked themselves in the mirror and they said two things. The first one certainly of which all other programs that hire any controversial coach have said. The first thing I think Ole Miss said when they thought about the possibility of hiring Chris Beard is one: if we don't hire him, somebody else will. Right? We talked about it a little bit with Rick Pitino last week. We talked about it with Rick Pitino with St. John's. I believe in my sourcing and my understanding on Rick Pitino is that up until about two weeks ago, I don't think St. John's was interested, and then it kind of hit him over the forehead like a frying pan. It was kind of like if we don't if we don't hire him. Somebody else, possibly our Big East rival, will. And I think Ole Miss kind of came to that realization as well. If we don't hire him, somebody else will. But beyond that, it is kind of interesting how this all worked out for Ole Miss, right? Because why it is so interesting is because of one simple thing. We can put aside, we can, I don't even want to say put aside. We can acknowledge what Chris Beard was accused of doing, what Chris Beard was charged with, And those charges ultimately were dropped. But what was also in the police report with Chris Beard, we can acknowledge that there was some not good stuff in that police report, even if charges were dropped. What we can also not deny is that if you put it aside and you acknowledge charges are dropped, and if you acknowledge that charges are dropped, somebody is going to hire him. And that ultimately, at some point, he was going to get a second chance. He's also a really good basketball coach. Like prior to all of this happening, prior to December 11th or whatever the day of the arrest was. I think we all universally agreed, right? Like Chris Beard's probably one of the 10 best coaches in college basketball starts at the Juco level starts as an assistant under Bobby Knight goes to D two schools and has success goes to little rock gets to the NCA tournament in year one beats Purdue then gets to Texas tech by year two has them in the elite eight by year three has them playing in a national championship game, goes to Texas, and this year has a team that is clearly good enough to win a national championship. And so we talked about this when the Ole Miss stuff kind of came up. The bottom line is that while what Chris Beard was accused of doing, charges dropped, we get it, it's not good. What we also can't deny is that he is probably, again, outside of Rick Patino, the best coach that was available. And what is so interesting is Ole Miss had to kind of look themselves in the mirror and say this yes, Ole Miss basically had two decisions. Let me put it like this. Ole Miss, they could have gone the safe, boring route. They could have found the mid-major coach that had success in this NCAA tournament and said, screw it, let's hire that guy and see how it goes. They could have hired a mid-major guy. They could have hired somebody from another power conference, whatever. But nobody is guaranteed to have success like Chris Beard. And I think what Ole Miss kind of did was they looked in the mirror and they said this. No, we don't love what's in his background. But one, we're going to go ahead, we're going to do our due diligence, we're going to ask all the questions, we're going to talk to the right people, but we only have one chance to hire a head coach in his prime that has taken the team to a Final Four, right? Unless a coach is an alum of Ole Miss, there is no scenario where you can get a guy four years removed from a final four, one year removed from building a national championship contender at Ole Miss. You can maybe do it at Kentucky. You can maybe do it at UCLA or Carolina or Kansas. If the Kansas job ever opens, you can't do it. At Ole Miss and Ole Miss basically looked in the mirror and said, look, we're going to take a lot of heat publicly for a couple days, but something else is going to happen. This will blow over and we are going to have the best coach on the market. And that's exactly who they got on Monday And while we don't have to like what happened back in December in Austin, we also have to acknowledge that Ole Miss got a great head coach on Monday and that the SEC just got a lot tougher on Monday as well. Now, in terms of what Chris Beard can do at Ole Miss, this is where it gets interesting to me. Because on the one hand, he is an incredible coach. On the other hand, he is going to be starting at a really, really, really tough spot. Maybe the worst roster in the league right now, especially when you consider the number of players who enter the transfer portal. Right now, you you would say this is probably the worst roster, even behind Vanderbilt for sure, who Vanderbilt was bad this year. Um, Certainly behind Georgia, certainly behind Florida, behind LSU, behind South Carolina, behind whoever. So that's one. Two, he's going to have to at least start with players the caliber that he would have never even considered at Texas. I found it interesting on Monday after that it was announced that he was going to be the head coach, two players that had been committed to the previous coaching staff committed to Chris Beard. Okay. And I bring it up only to say this. It's that neither player was ranked in the top 75 nationally of the high school class of 2024, 2023, excuse me. They're the kinds of players that Chris Beard would not have recruited at Texas And they're the kinds of players that I don't know if you can win right away with in the SEC. So I commend him for keeping those scholarships and honoring those scholarships. And I think part of it is he just needs players on his roster. Three Ole Miss players entered the portal once the season ended last week, or at least announced intentions to enter the portal. But two, he's bringing in players that he would never even consider at Texas. But what's interesting to me is what happens next. He is going to, and I think this is important now, Chris Beard is going to get a jump start on everybody else that is still coaching when it comes to the portal. Again, we'll talk about it in a second. The portal opened on Monday, okay? Think about all the coaches that are still coaching right now that are really good. Eric Musselman loves the portal. He's still coaching. Nate Oates loves the portal. He's still coaching. John Calipari, uh whoever, um, Bill Self. Uh, Andy Enfield at USC, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, whoever, whoever you think of as the great portal recruiters, they're still preparing for games. Chris Beard doesn't have to worry about that. Chris Beard can jump in the portal, call whoever, get on the phone with them, talk to him as much as he wants, have him visit campus, and he can get rolling right away. It wouldn't surprise me if he had two, three, four commitments in the portal before some of these seasons, some of these schools that he's competing against even finish their season in a week or two. At the same time, what will be interesting to monitor also is something that we've talked about quite a bit on this show, which is how does recruiting go? Because I think it's one thing when you're at the top of your game at an elite school like Texas that offers everything going to the SEC, we assume they have a great NIL program. It's easy to recruit in that structure. Oh, by the way, you had a great coaching staff because Rodney Terry is a stud and Rodney Terry was on that staff with you. It's another thing when you get to Ole Miss. I'll be curious to see what kind of staff that he puts together. And then, oh, by the way, I would also say, I'll be curious to see how he actually does in recruiting. Because on the one hand, yes, I can see him getting kids to commit. On the other, and we've discussed this the last two or three months, it is going to be very interesting to see how parents specifically mothers, handle having Chris Beard in their homes or if they allow Chris Beard in their homes at all. We've talked about it a lot. But what is the sales pitch in college basketball, in recruiting? Sure, in 2023, some of it is NIL and playing time and opportunity and university. But a lot of it is, I'm going to be a father figure to your son. You can trust me with him. We're going to turn him from a boy to a man. And as I've said many times, There's a lot of moms that are going to say, I don't want him turning out anything like you because I've read that. So Chris Beard has had time to think about it. He's had time to kind of sit things out, and I'm sure he's come up with all the answers to, to these types of questions that he'll get in recruiting. Still, it'll be interesting to follow, but I also can't deny that, as I said a minute ago, the SEC just got much tougher today on Monday. And I'll be curious to see what he can do at a school like Ole Miss. First of all, I'll be curious. As of right now, I have not seen a contract structure. So I'll be curious if he's really kind of bound to Ole Miss for the next few years. I assume if Ole Miss is taking a chance on him, they did not give him a contract in which he can get out of it in a year or two and go to a quote unquote better job. My guess is he's going to be there for five years. And I'll be curious to see what kind of program he can build and what kind of program he can build specifically at a school that has basically zero basketball history. I think, what is it, one Sweet 16, zero Elite Eight, zero Final Fours, and do it in the current SEC. Because the current SEC is filled with John Calipari, Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, Rick Barnes, Bruce Pearl. Dennis Gates is coming up. He ain't going nowhere. Just signed a huge extension. Chris Jans had a great first year at Mississippi State. Every single year, this conference gets better and better and better. And I'll be curious to see what Chris Beard can do there. What is the, I guess the interesting thing that I'm asking, that I'm thinking to myself, what is the ceiling for Ole Miss basketball? Because I don't know. I know what it has been in my life, but they've never had a coach the caliber of Chris Beard in my life. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of Auburn before Bruce Pearl got there. That's easy to forget. Now Bruce Pearl's been there eight, nine years. Auburn was just one of the most nondescript, uninteresting, didn't matter programs in college basketball. Then Bruce Pearl got there. It's one of the toughest places in the country to play. It's a perennial NCAA tournament team. We saw them win an SEC regular season last year, SEC tournament success before final fours. Is that something that Chris Beard can do at Ole Miss? I'm not willing to discount it. I'm not willing to say that it can't happen. I'm just curious to see how it goes down. So again, we can put us, I don't, I'm not saying we should, but we, at some point we have to acknowledge that whether we like it, whether we like it or not, whether we believe Chris Beard should be back in coaching or not, he is back. And I think he's going to make Ole Miss a contender very quick. Speaking of very quick, let's go to a couple other news and notes from the college basketball coaching carousel world. One. I think this is the first time we've ever talked McNeese State on this show. That is because on Saturday, McNeese State in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I was actually in Lake Charles last year. I went to the Final Four in New Orleans, drove around, met a friend in Lake Charles. We had a great time. Beautiful casino there, by the way. I bring it up because... You know who's coaching in Lake Charles now? You know who's coaching at McNeese State that is in Lake Charles? Your boy, Will Wade. That's right. Huge-ass offer. Excuse my language. That was his words, not mine. Will Wade. Will Wade, who got fired from LSU a year ago, was hired at McNeese State. And I'll tell you, this one is a stunner as well. And I'm not going to compare it to Chris Beard. Chris Beard had a legal situation. Will Wade is an NCAA thing. But what's interesting about the Will Wade stuff is, is that Will Wade is still in the middle of an ongoing NCA investigation. And so in years past, most coaches that were in the middle of an investigation, they were unhirable. Because what if you hire him and the NCA gives you a show cause? What if you hire him and the NCA says that guy's not allowed to coach college basketball? By the way, I don't know what the policy is. What if the NCA suspends Will Wade for a year? Like, is he not allowed to coach at McNeese State? I don't know. And so that's what's interesting. And I I even go back to this time last year. If you remember, Sean Miller was out of coaching. Sean Miller was caught up in the FBI stuff. Sean Miller was caught on wiretap. But he said on this show, he said, Aaron, I've been told by everybody that matters. I'm I might get a suspension. I might get a few games. I'm not getting a show cause. I'm going to be able to coach. And Xavier believed that other schools that interviewed him believed that. And Xavier was the one that gave him an opportunity. As of right now, I have heard nothing that makes me indicate that Will Wade has gotten that phone call, that he isn't getting in trouble, that he isn't getting suspended. So the fact that McNeese stayed hired him is kind of stunning. With that said, though, I'll say this for Will Wade. One, he's, he's like a legitimately good coach. Like, we can argue about the recruiting and whatever and blah, 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 and this and that. Here's what you need to know about Will Wade. Before he even got to LSU, took VCU to back-to-back NCA tournaments. After he got to LSU, year two wins the SEC, and I know, oh my God, what did he do in recruiting? Blah, 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 blah. Even if you are frankly breaking rules to get players on campus, you still got to get them to perform on campus, and he did. If there had been no COVID, he would have gone to four straight NCA tournaments, including last year, and I'll say this about last year's team. You go back to last year's team. It wasn't a team Where you would say, oh, he just clearly cheated to get all those guys. Their best player was a kid named Tari Eason, who was a transfer from Cincinnati who had averaged six points the year before. Will Wade turned him into a pro in one year. There were other guys on that roster, other guys that performed. And I think Will Wade's going to do really good at McNeese State. McNeese State, for people who do not know, they are a program that is currently uh, I'm trying to see right here. I don't even uh, I don't want to say I don't know anything about them, but, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn on the fly here like everybody else. They're in the Southland Conference. They are you know, they they only have in their entire history two NCAA tournament appearances. And that was what was kind of interesting. That was what was kind of interesting was the A.D. said there's no reason that we can't compete at the highest levels in in our level of college basketball. Yet despite that, they are coming off back-to-back 11 win seasons, 11-22 two years ago, 11-23 this year, 8th in the Southland. Remember, the Southland is the conference that produced Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, who's playing in a 16-seed game. So I just bring it up to say, I'm curious to see what Will Wade can do there, (laughs) and I'm curious to see how he can recruit. It's interesting. I saw a funny tweet um, the other day that basically said that Will Wade has more recruits lined up. Uh, than the U.S. Army right now, in terms of players that are ready to come play for him at McNeese State, I'll be curious to see what happens. I'll be curious to see. Uh, I'll be curious to see who he gets, and I'll be curious to see if he can build that program into a contender because he's another one. If he builds McNeese State back into a power, Will Wade's a young dude. Will Wade's in his late 30s, early 40s. Will Wade is right now, as I record this whole situation, as I record this show, Will Wade is 40 years old. He'll be 41 in November. And I just bring it up to say, he makes an NCAA tournament or two at McNeese State. He doesn't get a 10-year show cause. He's going to have an opportunity at a high major level again soon. One other coaching note. One other coaching note before we do get out of here. Did you see what happened at Georgia Tech? So Georgia Tech decided to hire... Actually, a friend of the Aaron Torres pod, Damon Stoudemire. If you remember during COVID, I had a lot of free time on my hands. I couldn't go anywhere for about four months. And so I just got everybody on the phone. And in April of 2020, I got Damon Stoudemire, former NBA player. He was the head coach at Pacific at the time on this podcast. If you missed it, I actually encourage you go back and listen if you can. It was a great interview. It was fun. He talked about his career. He talked about coaching. He talked about playing. He talked about playing against Kobe, playing for the Blazers, all that good stuff. Well, he was at a school called Pacific, same conference as Gonzaga. Everybody that's not Gonzaga in that conference, by the way, has no chance, especially now that BYU is gone. St. Mary's has built something, but even St. Mary's, they're not the same level year in and year out as Gonzaga. Well, Damon Stoudemire won 20 games in the 2020 season. And he just kind of, I think, hit a wall. I think he said, I can't do better than that in this conference, in this league, at this school. And so he went to the NBA. Well, after two years in the NBA with the Boston Celtics, he was named the Georgia Tech head coach on Monday. And I want to say this. I think he's going to be really good at Georgia Tech because what I want to make clear, this is not a guy that is just another NBA guy looking for an opportunity to coach college basketball. Okay. This is a guy that was a college assistant at Arizona and Memphis. This is a guy that was a college head coach at Pacific. He knows the landscape, and I think he's going to do really well. Georgia Tech is an interesting job. It's a tough job academically, but we know there's a lot of players in Atlanta. Now, the key is going to be hiring the right staff, but I look at him. I look at the NBA background, the college background, the recruiting background, the development background, and I look at the ACC right now where there's like three sort of good ish teams. I see no reason that Damon Stoudemire can't win and have success. Congrats to friend of the Aaron Torres pod, Damon Stoudemire on getting this head coaching job. All right, so what I want to do, I want to take a quick break, come back. And as I said, the transfer portal has opened. We're going to go ahead and uh, just look at some early news and notes from the transfer portal. There's about four or five impact guys that have entered. We'll discuss them where they could end up. Kenny Payne in Louisville quietly making moves. Transfer Portal, first look that's coming up next. All right, we'll get back to the show in a minute, but before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. It is March. You want to make wagers, and there is no better place to make them than at the Betfred Sportsbook, the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres Pod and all things Aaron Torres Media. By now, you know Betfred's story. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,600 shops in the UK, and they have come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of the Colorado Rockies, Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, Aaron Torres Media. And what I love about Betfred, they do more for their customers than anybody. And here's what they're doing for you this March. You can bet $50 on any game this March, any game, and they will give you up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Go to Betfredsports.com. Make your first $50 wager. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But then how about this? For the first five weeks that you are a Betfred customer, you will be insured for up to $200 for the first five weeks. So you you make a few bets and we're all going to win all our bets this March. But if it doesn't work out, they'll give you up to $200 back for the first five weeks that you're a Betfred customer. So download the Betfred Sportsbook app, bet $50 on any game, 111 in free bets, plus up to $200 in free bets in insurance the first five weeks. That is all you got to do. Betfred Sportsbook, Betfred Sportsbook app. Tell them Tora sent you. Enjoy March, everybody.
1: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: All right, everybody. Hi, I'm back. Going to be back. Good to be back. I do want to switch gears, and I want to talk about something that you probably didn't even realize was happening on Monday. That is the College Basketball Transfer Portal. That is right. College basketball is crazy because... Every other sport, it seems like they do a pretty good job of spacing everything out. You have the season here. You know, like, look, think about the NFL right now. We're going through free agency right now as we speak, then the draft, then the offseason, then the regular season. College basketball, they kind of just throw everything together, right? We just finished the season. NCAA tournament is coming up. Coaching carousel is going on. And then on Monday, the transfer portal open. Remember, we've talked about this before on the show. But in previous years, the transfer portal was kind of this, uh, you know, ever evolving thing. Um, you know, I used to call it Denny's because it's open 24-7, 365. And so over the last couple of years or so, really the last year or so, the NCA has essentially put in transfer portal windows. In other words, a select finite amount of time in which players can actually decide to transfer. The idea being you don't want players leaving the team in the middle of the season. It's hard on the current coach that they have. It is hard on the coaches that then have to recruit them. So the NCAA has put in these windows. College basketballs actually opened on Monday. And it's worth noting a couple of things. One, I don't think a lot of the best players that are planning on entering would have done so on Monday because most of the best team seasons are still going on. We got 68 teams in the NCAA tournament. We got a bunch of teams in the NIT. And so, if anything, Monday was kind of a soft launch to the transfer portal. But there were still about five, six names to know that did enter on Monday. And keep in mind that as the spring goes on, it's going to get busier and busier, crazier and crazier. I think next Monday, when three quarters of the NCAA tournament field is eliminated, that's when it might get really crazy. But the bottom line, what you need to know is the transfer portal is open. And what I want to do now is give you four or five names that you need to know. Because this is college sports free agency. And this is very much going to shape what the college basketball landscape looks like next season when you tune back in. couple names to know. I think there is one clear player that is the definitive best player in the portal. A kid named J.J. Starling a 6'4 guard that played last year at Notre Dame. And what's going to be interesting about this list over the next couple minutes is most of the best players who did enter on Monday really are from programs that are either going through coaching changes or don't have a coaching change right now. Most of the best players on those rosters, one, have certainly been contacted by other schools, but two are just kind of looking at their options to sit there and say, listen, I committed to a certain coach, I committed to a certain school, Things have changed, and so I want to reevaluate everything. Well, J.J. Starling, in my opinion, is the best player to have entered the portal. 6'4 guard. He is from upstate New York. Just finished his freshman year at Notre Dame and really was a very highly coveted player coming out of high school. Had offers from Duke, from Syracuse, from Alabama, from Stanford, and showed why this season is a former McDonald's All-American, goes to Notre Dame. And to be blunt, he was one of the few bright spots on the Irish roster this year. Averaged 11 points per game as a freshman. Now, to be blunt, he didn't do a ton else outside of that. Didn't, you know, contribute much to others. Didn't shoot the ball well. But hey, that's okay. If you can average 11 and a half points per game in the ACC as a freshman, you are a talented player. This is a kid that I believe in a two, three year stretch could develop into an NBA player. He might not be a one and done but he has one-and-done potential. Well, on Monday, he did officially enter the transfer portal. I would argue the biggest name. The one thing I would say, though, is for the schools that are hoping to reach out to him and get a player of his caliber, this strikes me as a player that is not going to be in the portal for very long. So I mentioned he's from upstate New York. I mentioned among the schools that uh, offered him scholarships was Duke, was Stanford, was Alabama, and there was one that happens to be in upstate New York. That is Syracuse. And all reports seem to indicate that although he did enter the portal and although in theory nobody is supposed to contact him until he does, it is all but a done deal that he will commit to Syracuse. We'll obviously react to that when it happens, but let me just say this. Isn't this kind of what I've been saying for the last five years about Jim Beheim. Listen, I don't want to push a 78-year-old man out the door, a coaching legend, but I've said for years, I've said Syracuse has so much untapped potential But nobody wants to go play there for a 78 year old coach who they don't know if he'll be back, who wants to play his own, who is stubborn in what he does. I have said for years, I believe he is holding back the program. And so I don't know if Adrian Autry, Red Autry, the new head coach at Syracuse is going to be the right guy, the perfect fit, a future hall of fame. But I've always felt like get some new blood in there and you're going to be able to get players there because Syracuse is a unique school with a unique fan base, a unique home court advantage in the ACC, and I believe you're going to get players. And so it appears as though this is probably going to be the first big commitment of the Red Autry era. Again, when it happens, we will discuss, but this feels like the kind of player that Syracuse has not been getting over the course of the last five, six, seven years, and it feels like the type of player that might not have gone had Jim Beheim stayed head coach. So we'll keep you updated on him. J.J. Starling, 6'4 guard, 11.5 points per game for Notre Dame this year. I think he's really good, and I think this is a great building block for Syracuse if he commits. Second player that you need to know is another guy that, frankly, might not be in the portal for very long. That's a kid by the name of Sky Clark. And I think if you listen to this show, that name probably sounds familiar. Five-star guard coming out of high school has really kind of been in the spotlight since he was like a freshman or sophomore in high school and early in his high school career, actually committed to Kentucky. Then he gets hurt during his high school career. Kentucky brings in some other guards, most notably Kason Wallace in his class, Shaden Sharp, who obviously never ended up playing at Kentucky. Sorry, Kentucky fans. I know you don't want to hear about I know you don't want to hear that name, but Sky Clark ends up decommitting and going to Illinois. Unfortunately, it does not work out at Illinois. Now he had a, a, a an okay freshman season. He averaged about seven and a half points per game in limited action. He averaged on top of that, uh, you know, two and a half assists. Nothing special, four rebounds. But it just didn't click. It never felt like the perfect fit. He's not from the area. He was kind of scrambling after he decommitted from Kentucky, and so about late January, mid January, Sky Clark actually left the program. And on Monday, he did officially enter the transfer portal. Sunday, you started to hear rumblings that this would happen. Now, a couple things. One, I'm rooting for nothing but the best for this kid. Listen, I think this kid had a lot placed on his shoulders early. Being a Kentucky commit, you're always going to be a target in high school basketball. But then on top of that, to have a knee injury in high school, try to come back. You're not quite ready. You're not the same player. Listen, I was never a gifted high school athlete. I was never an elite high school athlete in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, I can't imagine the pressure of being deemed one of the best players, trying to come back before you're healthy, not having it work out, going to college, not having it work out. So he's been away from kind of the college setting for the last six months. Hope whatever was going on, he figured it out. But it appears as though his time in the portal much like J.J. Starling, as I said a minute ago, feels like it's going to be pretty limited. So uh Sky Clark, he is, as I speak, I believe this week, either on a visit to Louisville as I speak or is planning a visit to Louisville in the coming days. Remember, Louisville, for all its faults, who's their head coach? Kenny Payne. Where did he come from? Kentucky. And so there is some natural ties there. If I remember correctly, when Sky Clark decommitted from Kentucky, there was actually talk that he was going to end up at Louisville. But my guess is that this is a kid. He will be in. (laughs) I think sooner rather than later, he is going to commit to Louisville. Uh, Nothing is official yet. Arkansas is one of many schools that has reached out. But my hunch is that it ends up being Louisville. By the way, I'll say this. Louisville lost some players to the portal, including Kamari Lands. We'll maybe talk about him in a minute. But probably going to add Sky Clark. And remember, for those of you who didn't see it, Dennis Evans, seven foot, five star prospect in the class of 2023, just committed to Louisville. So Kenny Payne's gearing up. Kenny Payne's like, OK, I got to start winning like right now. We just went and 28. I need some dudes. And it appears as though he's going to have two really good building blocks. I think Sky Clark commits over the next couple of days. Uh, And Dennis Evans, that five-star center that I just told you about, committed as well. Let's keep it going. A couple other names you need to know. One, really good guard from not far where I grew up from, Windsor, Connecticut, Primo Spears, who played the last two years at Georgetown. Shout out Georgetown. Shout out Primo Spears. Shout out Windsor, Connecticut. No, I just said that I wasn't a very good high school athlete, but hate to brag. Was a high school baseball player. Had a couple good games against Windsor on the mound. No big deal. They're still talking about it in the greater Windsor-West Harford-Bloomfield area. No big deal. We don't need to discuss it right now. But same time, let's talk Primo Spears. Interesting case here. So he was, again, what what do all these guys have in common? Um, You know, uh, 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 who was the guy? J.J. Starling. His coach got fired. Primo Spears was at Georgetown. His coach, Patrick Ewing, got fired. And so it makes sense that he is going to decide to look at other options. This kid's about six foot three, lead guard, really good player. I mean, this guy was, again, one of the very few bright spots for a Georgetown team that really, really struggled over the last couple of years. But my goodness, could this kid play? Average 16 points and five assists per game. How about this? Went for 37 points a few weeks ago against Xavier, went for 20 plus points 11 different times this year. And so I bring it up to say this kid is an absolute hooper, six foot three. Really, he's kind of one of these guys. He needs the ball in his hands. So it's got to be the right fit. But I think he is going to be really good. And he's the kind of kid that can go and play anywhere. Don't know where he's going to end up. And this one is one. I know we talked about Sky Clark. We kind of know probably where he's going to go. Same with J.J. Starling. Well, Primo Spears is one. I actually think this is one that is going to go for a while. He told Joe Tipton from on three that the plan is to test the NBA draft waters. He plans on coming back to college. But if you're testing the NBA draft waters, it could be until the middle of May till the end of May before he makes a college decision. So keep that one in your back pocket. Primo Spears really talented player, and it'll be interesting, right? Because sometimes, on the one hand, you want to commit early. You want to get your spot early if you're certain guys. On the other hand, sometimes for a kid like this, it's good to wait, see who needs a guy, see who needs a player, see what kind of offers are out there. Oh, by the way, in the NIL world, you get to late May, early June, and somebody needs a lead guard of your caliber? Just just a hunch, but I think that nil money and i use it loosely because they're basically just paying kids here but right but but that nil money is going to come in handy and you're going to be able to create a pseudo bidding war if you will regardless primo spears in the portal another name in the portal from another school that has has a new head coach now uh jamon breakfield from old miss and this one will be interesting right does chris beard is he able to retain this kid Jamin breakfield was old miss's second leading scorer this past season behind matthew Morell. Really good player, six foot eight wing. He's a lefty. He actually started his career at Duke, played at Duke during that 2020-2021 pandemic season from Mississippi, decides to transfer to Ole Miss and is one of the few bright spots there. He uh, entered the portal. I don't know if he's officially put his name in yet, but he announced that he was going to pursue other options. We'll see if Chris Beard can retain him. This is the kind of guy I think if Chris Beard can't, if Chris Beard can't, then that's a heck of a player to build around. If he can't, he will be in heavy pursuit, former top 50 recruit, and half points per game in the SEC, one of the few guys that really had things going at Ole Miss. Um, and another player. Let's kind of wrap on a, on a few other players. Uh, for Fardaz Amak is a guy that, that many of you know. Amak, I don't know I said Amak like it's a mock draft, but Fardaz Amak is another player to know. A lot of people, another name that you probably remember six foot 11. Two seasons ago, he played at Utah Valley. Two seasons ago, he was the second leading rebounder in all of college basketball behind only Oscar Shibway. Last year, he decides to leave Utah Valley. He decides to transfer and really kind of hears from everybody. He heard from Gonzaga. He heard from Texas. He heard from Kentucky. He heard from, I believe, Arkansas. He ends up committing to Texas Tech. Well, gets to Texas Tech, ultimately ends up hurting his foot does not play a ton, but I'll say this. I thought when he was on the court for Texas Tech, he actually played pretty well. A couple really big games 19 and 10 against Oklahoma, 19 points against TCU, 13 points against Kansas. So this kid proved he can play at the high major level. We'll be curious to see what he decides to do. He hit the portal, obviously, after Texas Tech lost in the Big 12 tournament when Mark Adams, it, it was announced, was not coming back. He resigned, got fired, whatever. But this was a kid that got. Plenty of interest last year, and I suspect he'll get plenty of interest as well. Kind of in the same vein, big guy, uh, big 12, Eddie Lampkin, interesting story. Had a great NCAA tournament game last year against Arizona, 20 and 14. Arizona had no answer for him. Came back this year, did not really work out. Left the program under weird circumstances last week. Uh, accused Jamie Dixon of some things that don't appear to have been substantiated by anybody, but he is in the portal as well. Those are some of the early names to know in the transfer portal. Again, JJ Starling is one, uh, Fardaz AMAC is one. I could go on and on, but that that's kind of the point. JJ Starling's one to know. I think he ends up at Notre Dame. Uh, Sky Clark probably ends up at Louisville. Primo Spears is one of the others to know as well. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Told you it was going to be a quick one. Told you it was going to be a fun one. But with that said, it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media. At Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter. At Aaron Torres pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. Quick show. We will be back on Wednesday. As I said, I will make my official NCAA tournament picks. That is right. You're not going to want to miss that one, but make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, all that good stuff. But it is time for me to get out of here. So with that said, shout out to Torque. Shout-out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout-out to JJ Redick, you at Unblock Me, Bro. I'll be back Wednesday. Official NCAA Tournament picks here on the Aaron Torres Pod.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumbacasino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere,